Lunch with Pippa Hudson. And now, Consumer Talk featuring Wendy Nola. It is lovely to have Wendy back in studio with us today. And just a reminder, we are having to delay the promised conversation around holiday bookings that don't live up to their promises. I hope we'll be able to share that with you next week instead. What we're going to do today is take a look at a couple of holiday and travel-related stories, and then we'll open the lines to you. So this is your day to call us if you have a general consumer query, an issue that's always perplexed you that you'd like explanation about, something around the CPA, anything like that. Your day to call us on 021. One four four six zero five six seven. You're also welcome to send your question as a voice note to zero seven two five six seven one five six seven. Welcome, Wendy. Hi, Pippa. Good to be with you. So, although we are postponing the conversation around the misleading adverts mm. for holiday accommodation, you do have some advice you want to share with listeners, mindful of the fact that a lot of people are starting to make their holiday bookings now. Now, yes, I yeah. don't want to sort of risk someone doing falling into a trap in the next week. So, um. Look, there are different kinds of thing, ways you can go wrong. You can fall into the hands of a fraudster or you can make a booking based on an advert with the photos and assume things or be, you know, actually misled deliberately and then you have a problem uh, when you arrive. So yeah. um, this is the time everyone, I think, uh, in previous years, maybe the bookings would have been made earlier in the year given the kind of the time that we're living in. People are very much last minute any about these things. So I think there's going to be a lot happening right now. Um so if you see a resort that is sea-facing or, or complex, that doesn't necessarily mean that your room will, will have be. a sea view. I know this sounds obvious, but a lot of people fall for this. Um, and you do have recourse if the particular room you're booking has a picture of a sea view, which isn't that room. Um, but just to be, just make double sure exactly what the room that you're particularly booking and paying for has I in have terms of views. into that trap so far, long idea. ago, long, <laughs> yeah. long ago. Um, if the advert says Wi-Fi, if you're traveling with kids in particular, this is a huge <laughs> thing. Um, just check that that is still the case. It's not an old claim. Um, and you know, I think you should, I think we've all experienced this. Be prepared for weak connectivity. Yeah, Wi-Fi doesn't mean good Wi-Fi. No, it doesn't. It doesn't <laughs> yeah. mean your kids are going to be able to do gaming and and all the yeah. rest. If you're making an Airbnb booking, do a Google Map search and check out the area. Um, because pictures of the inside may look fab, but if you might not be so happy with um. You know, you might even be a bit. I've had people who've been didn't even want to get out of the Uber when they oh, arrived wow. because okay. they didn't realize in a foreign city or town, didn't realize the context of of the place. So that also applies to the sea view issue, Wendy. I've had the experience of you know the, the Airbnb listing has got gorgeous photographs of the beachfront views. Yes. They're not necessarily taken from the house that you're booking. And if you don't do that address check on the map, yeah. you might be misled into booking exactly. something that's actually three rows back from the beach. Exactly. Yeah. So these, I mean, this is a whole show, but I just yeah. want to, one last thing. If you are responding to a Facebook or one of those free online classified sites ad, ads, please check that the person taking your money is actually an authorized agent. Um, and you can do that by um, making calls to check um, outside of the adverts or doing your searching for the place um, yourself independently because many a fraudster has and will continue to hijack an an accommodation site or advert, take your booking money and then leave you to arrive at your holiday destination and only then find out that it's occupied by somebody else else, Mm. or that the owner is not renting it out for that particular holiday.
holiday or whatever, it, it happens okay. less frequently than it used to, but it's still an issue. So, that, you know, that's just a, a tiny little sampler of the kinds of things that we're going to be looking at once we've crossed all our T's and dotted all our I's. Our on the next story. Yes. Okay, but thanks very much. As you say, Wendy, a, a lot of people have left booking very late this year because they've been wanting to watch and see what's happening with regulations and lockdown and etc. Sure. So it's really, uh, I think, wise timing on that. While we're still talking travel issues, you've, we've got an update uh, for our listeners on the story we shared with you a couple of weeks ago. You may rec- remember the tale of uh, Cape Town-based chef Kayla Ann Osborne who flew to Joburg v- via Airlink, uh, taking along her young daughter and said daughter's car seat. And she booked it in as fragile luggage on the instruction of the airline check-in crew member, only to find it handed back to her on the other end uh, with the wrapping badly torn and the isofix clip, which is the main safety element of that seat, damaged, making it effectively useless from a safety perspective. And um, just to recap for those who might have missed the conversation, Kayla called the baggage department to report it. The airline said, we're not liable. Wendy took it up with them. They cited the Warsaw Convention, which is an international agreement that regulates liability for carriers to the equivalent of $20 a kilogram in compensation for damages, which is roughly about 300 rand a kilo, Wendy. Yes, pretty much. Um, so that would mean for most people it's a pittance, but a car seat at least has some weight, some weight. going for it. Yeah. So that's um, the, the car seat in question weighed around 10 kilograms. So that would be compensation at 3,000 rand, which is not bad, but it would have left Kayla um, short of uh, 2,500 rand to buy a new seat. Yeah. And as you say, the other one, other one was useless. It was actually broken on the return leg when she landed in Cape Town in the evening. Okay. So she had to drive home at night, 10 o'clock. With a six-week-old baby. Yes, with yeah. one, only one of those things clipped, Oy. which any the manufacturer would tell you is pretty useless. Yeah. So she did need to buy a new seat and her, the one that got damaged was only six weeks old. Oh, anyway. Yeah. I mean, the twist in the tale here, Wendy, was when we spoke to specialist consumer attorney Trudy Brookman, she told us that even, in fact, the Warsaw Convention doesn't even apply to this flight because it only applies to international travel. We shared this. And, you know, for years I've been trotting this out. All the airlines do this domestically. Mm. They say they trot this out. It's an international global aviation uh, convention. uh, um, That sets the the level of compensation. This is what we do. And, you know, and and only now... um, Come to light, thanks to Trudy, and it's it's not even that That's hidden. Awesome. It's right at the beginning. It says it only applies if you know you you're flying outside of from one yeah, over even, a even if it's basically. in tra- it's over a border, basically, yeah. exactly. So, so you um, went back to Ireland and pushed yes, back, didn't you? I did. That was yeah. when we left the last show, and um, they came back essentially and said, "No, we're not trying to con- contract out of the CPA." They didn't say anything about the Warsaw Convention. It's also a Montreal Convention thrown in there somewhere, but it's basically around that compensation issue. Okay, um, didn't address the fact that it's not um, applicable to domestic flights, but. Um, they said we're not trying to contract out of the CPA. Our own terms and con- our own conditions of carriage rather define the airline's liability li- limit. And passengers must declare if any items they wish to travel with as checked luggage have a higher value than that 20 US dollars per kilogram. And I was like, what? Went back to Trudy, ever obliging. Yeah. And she said, that's a transparent attempt at avoiding the CPA's requirements as we all know that luggage has a value of more than 20 uh, dollars per kilo. Almost all passengers travel with electronics, jewelry, clothing, and even their suitcases likely to have a higher value um, than the amount you're offering as meager compensation, you being airlink. Airlink, Section yeah. 49 of the CPA requires 
the airline to draw such a clause to the attention of all customers before they buy their ticket and they must sign next to the clause to indicate that Ooh. they agree with it. I've certainly never had my attention never. drawn to that. And certainly when you, you know, all those questions they ask you when you're actually checking in your bag, there's not a word about is there anything in here or in total that's worth uh, more than, uh, what was it, 300 rand? Yeah, around a kilogram. At most it's a generic, have you secured any valuables yes. kind of thing. And yeah. I just want to know that you packed it yourself and yeah. all that kind of thing. So, and then Trudy continued, I assume Airlink cannot, Airlink cannot produce a copy of this clause with the customer's signature next to it. In that case, the requirement is also invalid in terms of Section 51 of the CPA. In the circumstances, if Airlink does not pay the full compensation amount to the customer, I will not hesitate to recommend that she reports Airlink to the Consumer Goods and Services Ombud, as well as to the National Consumer Commission for Investigation and um, possible prosecution by the National Consumer Tribunal. So very heavy there, but I, I think it's also, we should point out that this is not Airlink going out on a limb. Um, all the local airlines do something same. similar yeah, yeah. in terms of limiting their liability. I'm the pleased. good news is it has been resolved yes. though, Wendy. Kayla yeah. Ann got hold of me, well, um, Airlink got hold of me this morning to say um, we've sent this off to our legal, because I sent them um, Trudy's, Trudy's legal full opinion, yeah. opinion, which was much longer than I've just read out, and they'll get back to me, but, and they said in the meantime, the claim has been settled and, you know, Papia, Papia, you, you need to, to get it directly from Kayla. Well, Kayla told me yesterday, forwarded me their, their email to her. They are paying the full value of that car seat, five and a half thousand rand. Fantastic. So that is great news for her because being out of pocket by two thousand rand or at all complete or the whole amount, um, really was, <laughs> was deeply was prejudicial to yeah, her. Yeah. Yes. Okay, that's great news. So a happy outcome for her. Mm. Uh, but Wendy, of course, there's a lesson in here for all of us once again about reading the fine print of the things that we sign. Yes. So <laughs> if you ever dig around in, in, in any airline's terms and conditions, of course, we don't generally do this, um, although we really, really should, or car rental company ones, anything to do with your travel or anything else, really, yeah. you'll find some very alarming things in there. And over the years, I've pointed out many of them to the companies concerned, and they all say, well, you know, we treat everything on a case-by-case basis. And this, uh, you know, uh, Flysafe said to me uh, around Kayla Ann's case, yes, of course, we would have also Airlink, compensated yeah. that uh, Airlink, sorry, yeah. uh, um, we would have compensated um, in full as well. But you don't know that. So you, you, until, until it happens pushed, to you yeah, because the terms yeah. and conditions don't really help you at all, such as this one in Fly Safe's terms and conditions. We agree, that's you, the traveler, that you are, that you are not advised to check in any item worth than a thousand rand, a thousand rand. And if you do, you accept full responsibility for those items. So wow. Wow. Any decent rand. pair of shoes, a bottle of perfume, a jacket, most things really. And then this old one, exactly, yes, (laughs) this old one about um, the 20 US dollars, any liability we might have towards luggage will always be limited to 20 US dollars per kilogram and not the monetary value thereof. How is that justified? I went to Flysafe. I, I, I should ideally have gone to all the airlines. That would have taken a very long time. Um, Chief Marketing Officer Kirby Gordon got back to me to say, while well, we do everything in our power to prevent any sort of pilferage, the reality is that if it does happen and customers hold us liable, even though the power to prevent the pilferage didn't entirely rest with us. At some that yeah, so the kind that, of, that's a fair point. At some point, the luggage is handed over to an independent yes. luggage handling company, and it is no longer in their yes, control. But the CPA has an answer to that and says, and it's not limited to airline; it's it's any undertaking that um, we, as the consumer, have no power of choice or control over the third party that they, that they choose to, to yeah. contract to. So they need to 
as the person we, as the entity we hand our money to, they need to compensate us appropriately in terms of the CPA and then seek um, their own redress from from, the sub- the, from their own supplier. But you do get it from an airline's point of view, just to, to a point. But we, you know, the only real protection we have thus far is from our own insurers. But not everybody has insurance, yeah. and and that comes at a, another cost. And and and. Anyway, he said, you're dead right. This would exclude nice shoes, perfumes, and colognes, or fancy leather jackets, which we strongly encourage customers to keep in their carry-on luggage or on their person. Because incidentally, and I know this to be true, those three items just happen to be the top three items on the shopping list for criminals operating in this environment. Take shoes, note. perfume, and cologne. Yeah, perfume and oh, cologne and together jackets. and leather okay. jackets. Okay. Okay. So, unfortunately, he says there's also a nasty element out there of frauds to customers who take chances. Of course, it's impossible to prove one way or the other, but we do get a surprising number of claims for large sums of cash and diamond rings that have gone missing. When we request SAP's cases of proof of tampering, the claims tend to quickly disappear into the ether, which is not the way customers who've genuinely had items stolen tend to respond. So mm. let's leave the fraudulent customers okay. aside. And after the news, let's get back then to the issue yes. of, of, of um, the actual pilferage. And you've got some interesting feedback for for us on the forms that it takes and uh, the most pilfered items again. Sure. If you've had this experience yourself and you want to comment about how it was handled by the airline you travelled with, you're welcome to join the conversation on 21 Okay, we've got a few open line questions already coming in. I just want to encourage that. Please keep the WhatsApps coming. Before we go to those, Wendy, we were talking about pilferage and the things that are most often stolen from our luggage uh, on on airlines. You mentioned the big three as nice shoes, perfume and cologne, as well as fancy leather jackets. Um, uh, Anything more uh, you want to say to us about uh, pilferage? Okay, so... Historically, it, it's uh, soars over Easter and particularly over Christmas, obviously. Okay. There are a lot more people traveling and they've got a lot of fancy stuff. We're, go, we're, we're celebrating, we're, we've bought new clothes and we've got presents. Many of us, um, if we're traveling to spend Christmas with family, we'll have some presents in our luggage as well. Um, so... Uh, Kirby Gordon of Fly Safari says, use your hand luggage allowance for valuable items and keep things like expensive leather items, uh, perfumes and jewelry, and of course, cash on your person. And um, he says, always wrap your checked in bags. Um, it's not 100% foolproof, um, but the added layer of convenience is a good way to deter. Well, I've said before, the show I've had mine, um, I had a padlock on the bag and I had a cover, a professional cover, uh, Velcroed and everything, and when it, I saw the bag on the carousel, it was—I could see the cover was skewed, oh. and everything had been raffled. Nothing taken, of course, because as I said before, obviously I had nothing I did it perfume, yeah. but not expensive <laughs> enough. Clearly, anyway. Um, so, cabin luggage has a limit of seven kilograms, right, Pepper? So, it's not I a mean, lot you can get. You've got to jam yeah. all that stuff in, and then um, you've got to. Uh, what about presents? And so, it occurs to me, and um, Kirby Gordon suggested this, and it's it's. A, it's great as long as you choose your suppliers carefully and that is order online and have it sent to the address where you're going to be sending Christmas, spending Christmas so you don't have to travel with it and you don't um, have any angst around it. Um, just make sure you use a tried and tested e- e- retailer that um, is going to give you a delivery time and stick to it because you'd, I've had so many cases in the past year, few years. 
Yeah. You were one of them. I was one of them, yeah. Where, where you the, leave on your holiday and you've got to leave your, you know, without your presence and there's going to be no one at home to accept. And it's just, it's you can't mess, redirect yeah. once you've placed that order. None of them, as far as I'm aware, can you go in and say, oh, by the way, new address. No, it has to arrive and then you've got to send it back and that doesn't help you at Christmas. Yeah, so that's really good advice if you're able to do so. If you're going to be staying with family, for example, have it delivered straight to them. Easier said than done if you're going into an Airbnb. <laughs> that's true. But still, it is a, a, a strategy at least. Interesting to know that there is actually a correlation between pilferage and airlines' arrival times, Wendy, their on-time performance. <laughs> yes, funnily enough, Kirby mentioned this and they would be because Flysafe does pretty well uh, with on on time performance. You can go into AXA's um, website. You, what I do, I periodically check. I put uh, in Google. I put AXA comma OTP on time performance, and woof, they come up. So there's a there's no overall. There's for each airport, mm-hmm. and there's a, a the, the most recent month. In this case, September. They haven't got October's figures up yet, and then year to date. So I chose to look at. Cape Town International for the month of September 2021 because that's the most recent. Just to explain what how they work out on time. Uh, they, it's very lenient actually to the airline. So it's from the time of pushback um, out of your parking, out of your parking spot, spot. Yeah. After that, the airline's got no control. Obviously, it's about traffic control and all the rest. Yeah. Um, and they give them a 15 minute leeway. That's quite generous. So it is very generous. Yeah. So bear that in mind when I give you these figures. So Airlink. Um, 97.99% uh, on time. Flysafe, 0.2% behind that, 97.97%. Bear in mind, this is departing from Cape Town International in the month of uh, September. SAA, there were two figures there, um, and I don't know why, 97.44% and 92.97%, not bad. Also in the 90s, Global Avi- Aviation, which is Lyft, 94.12%. Then we get into the 80s. Kalula, 84.09%. Seme, 83.15%. British Airways Domestic, only 81.14%. And was uh, that the last one? Yeah, yes, so that's that's, the, that's the, the figure for their arriving on time. Now, the correlation to pilferage, Wendy, is, of course, that if there is a delay in that process, your luggage is potentially sitting well, around open to thieves for longer. Exactly. That's what Kirby yeah. says. That makes sense. Um, it's This just give, gives the criminals more chance to get their hands on and into your bags. Okay. So, so look for an airline that delivers stressful enough on a to, quick turnaround. To see that delayed sign oh. go up on the board, you've now got to start worrying. Who's got their hands in my What's luggage? What's happening to my wait. luggage? Okay. Yeah. Very so, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Wendy, we've got several open line yes. questions coming in. So let's take a short break and we'll come back with those voice notes and WhatsApps. A reminder, you're welcome to join the conversation as well on 021-446-0567. Consumer Talk. Open line. Call 021-446-0567. It is an open line for the remainder of the hour. And let's start with our first question that has come in on the WhatsApp line. Wendy, it is a matter of grave importance. Please, can you ask Wendy if she has any new info on the lack of Marmite? I'm so sorry. My bad. Put my hand up. I, I will admit that I'm not a Marmite consumer. but And if I was, probably I would be more invested in the topic. So I should have found out. 
Um, but I haven't, but we've seen something encouraging. Yeah, so there was an article in the Daily Maverick a few weeks ago. Uh, just a reminder, the context here we have mentioned before, Marmite and I think a couple of other products were affected as well. Because of alcohol bans. The alcohol bans meant no booze was being produced, which means the byproduct of the brewer's yeast, yeast. was not being uh, produced. Yes. So there was a knock-on impact into the supply chain. Um, uh, the Marmageddon, as it's been called, <laughs> I love it, uh, Pioneer Foods are the brand owners. Three weeks ago, the Daily Maverick published a piece saying... Uh, the following, our, our yeast supply was constrained with the alcohol ban during lockdown. Production of Bovril was prioritized because Bovril uses significantly less yeast than Marmite does. So they, d- they made the choice to focus on Bovril. And supply has been restored, but they are still trying to catch up on the demand to fill what was an empty pipeline. Um, in addition to this, we experienced a national shortage of one of the other raw materials in addition to the yeast, which compounded the problem. Um, stock on Marmite has started filtering back into distribution depots. It's back on limited shelves and will continue to filter back into the system during the month of October. We will continue to take the month of October and November to build our stock of the 250-gram jars of both Marmite and Bovril. And once those are fully replenished will then start targeting the 125 gram supply chain so it is coming happy christmas mama hold your breath it is coming and uh yeah i have seen a few posts here and there on facebook of people going they've got supply at constantia emporium go fast (laughs) but that's where we are last time we had one of these it was the hp source to remember Yeah, yeah, and that never came back, but thankfully this one will. So whoever sent that message, hopefully it's literally a matter of a couple of weeks before you have your precious Marmite back on the shelf. Okay, let's go to a voice note about the CPA. Hi there, Pippa and Wendy. Thank you for your show, and I like how you are demonstrating that airlines in this case are just so blatantly ignoring the law, the CPA in this case. So I would like to propose a solution to everyone And that is when it's so clear that what they're doing is illegal, just send them a demand to go to the small claims court because they usually just cave and pay you out then. But even if they didn't, then they would show up and you would go there and just show what they're doing is illegal and you'll get your money. Uh, I very much doubt any company is actually going to bother. They they will cave and send you your money. But I just think it's a way that these big companies are bullying us and we must fight back. I like Fight it. back I against agree. the bullies. And I've seen that that um, small claims court uh, thing work um, in other cases with other companies, especially large ones. That's, that's a nuisance. It's not go, worth it to them no, to call no, no. over And also if somebody, you know, if the media gets hold of it, that's also not, not pleasant grand for them. For them yeah. So they'd rather just settle. They, look, they won't settle if they're in the wrong, but in, in cases – they're in the right, rather. But, but if cases where they, it's a clear contravention, they and they were just trying their luck, then then they then won't. they are going to yeah. pay to make it go away. Is the small claims court uh, ceiling twenty thousand rand yes. these days, Wendy? It's twenty thousand yeah. rand. I, I very much doubt it. I haven't checked the last few months, but yeah, it's twenty thousand rand. We normally get notified when it goes up. up. Okay. To the Marmite lover, Spa Sea Point apparently has tons of Marmite, and so too does Checkers and Jeffries Bay. For what it's worth, if you're in that part of the world, that's where you can go. Thank you very much to those who sent those messages. Spa Seapoint, if you're in Cape Town, is the place to go to find it. Okay, uh, we've got another voice note question. Let's take a listen to that. How's it, Pippa? How's it, Wendy? It's Greg here from Cape Town. Uh, just wanted to call in quick on the open line uh, about something called Platinum Life. Uh, I got a cold call the other day. Um, apparently referred, they got my number from a friend or something like that, where uh, they phone and offer you a free promotional gift. You can select it, it's this, that, or whatever. Apparently, Platinum Life is some kind of an insurance insurance financial service provider or something along those lines. Um, 
And they said, yeah, okay, cool. Sounds too good to be true, but okay, I'll take a free gift and you can select it from whatever uh, online apparently. Um, but yeah, it's like, okay, well, let me get your details so I can send you the gift. No strings attached. Um, and then the questions kind of name, surname, phone number or whatever, and that was all fine. Um, delivery address, whatever. And then started to get into well, who do you bank with? Mm. What kind of account is it? What is your ID number? This, oh. that, and no. yeah, that's when I kind of backpedaled and decided, listen, you don't get that information from me. You don't need it to send me a gift. Um, and yeah, kind of weird, did some, did some online looking or whatever. And apparently they now send you with this promotional gift an active insurance policy that if you do not turn away or, or refuse or whatever within a 30-day period, um, it then kicks in. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I need to look into this more. Uh, but yeah, it is, uh, it's, it's an interesting marketing ploy, scam, something, whatever it is. But yeah, Platinum Life, a little bit weird. Um, yeah, I phoned him right back and told him to lose my details according to the Popular Act. So, yeah, um, I don't know where that sits or whether this is just, uh, yeah, something to chat about. Cool, cool. Thanks, Greg. Cape Town. Thanks, Greg. Any thoughts, wow. Wendy? That sounds very off indeed. Um, I can't believe companies are still doing the free gift thing, but obviously enough people will fall, well, for, fall it. for it. Obviously, yeah. Greg went into it thinking there's got to be a catcher, but let's see how how this works, works. out and yeah. how, how they introduce. Yeah, so... I will definitely um, do some investigating. The that business about sending you a ready-made policy is um, there's some, a lot more to it than that. Um, that could never fly. That, <laughs> that I mean, the financial conduct, um, financial services conduct authority FSCA would certainly take a dim view of of such um, prejudicial conduct. Well, somebody consumers. else has also received that call from Platinum really? Life, says another WhatsApp. Way to damage a name, brand name, uh, is, is the comment uh, from that person. Okay, Greg, thanks for flagging it. Wendy, one to look into. Absolutely. I've just yeah. seen that they, I had an engagement with someone about it um, in June of this year. Um, saying uh, something along the line. There wasn't a free gift component, but it was around the abuse of personal information. So if anyone listening has had an encounter, I would appreciate an email so that I um, can t- more, more, you know, more cases and case examples, yeah. the better, yeah. Okay, and that email address is consumer at nola.co.za, spelled K-N-O-W-L-E-R. Can I just say, I'm having a bit of problem with that particular oh, no. one. Could we, could we, I can still find them, but it's difficult. It won't show up in a search, Wendy at nola. Um, Wendy at nola.co.za. Yes, well, you don't get easier than that. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Uh, just quickly an election question before we come to Abram's, uh, Abram's call from retreat. Vic is asking, how do we check the results of a specific ward. Uh, Vic, the two websites I have been using, one is the IEC's own uh, dashboard. If you go to elections.org.za, on the right-hand side of the screen, you can click on the option to view live municipal election results. And that takes you to their results dashboard. Starts with a national map. You then click to drill down to the province, click to drill down to the particular municipality you're in. And once you get into City of Cape Town, you can then click down into a specific ward. So I can see right now uh, I'm in Ward 57. I can see that uh, with... Um, of the votes counted so far. For example, uh, the DA's got 55% support in my ward. You can literally drill down to that level of detail. That's on the IEC site, elections.org.za. I would 
add to that, I would actually direct your, yourself rather to the News 24 election dashboard. My experience of using the two over the last three days has been that the News 24 one is ever so slightly more user-friendly. And I say that because it's easier to click back if you go into the IEC site, you can drill down to your individual ward. But if you then want to see what's happening in the ward next door to you, you've got to go back to the beginning and start on the national map and drill down again. Whereas at News24, you can just go back a page um, uh, and zoom out, as it were. So those two sites, Vic, are where you can go and literally drill down to individual ward level uh, voting updates. Uh, thanks for the inquiry. Okay, let's go. Um, you know what? We've got a voice note about Platinum Life. Abram, we'll be with you right after this. Let's just hear the voice note while we're on that subject, please. Hi, Pepper Melissa here. I also had a call from Platinum Live. In fact, it was a friend who passed my information mm. on to them, my contact details, and also all those that list of questions that the guy just mentioned. When it came to bank details, I said, I'm not interested in that. If I should take out a policy with you, you can have those details then. However, I did get a gift because they they actually have a, a cosmetic company that um, yes. they belongs to them or something so I got a, a could, could select an eye cream or Isabella. and the funny thing is this eye cream every time you squirt it it shoots out everywhere but your finger <laughs> yes, I did get my gift but I didn't give my bank details the gift that gives to the whole phone so, not just the individual yeah. <laughs> okay. so this this Joanne that emailed me they sent her a thing. He said, "Here's your policy." And she said, "What? I never had a conversation. I never entered into this." They said, "Yes, you did on the 8th of June, 2020." And she said, "Send me the recording," and they never did. And I said, "How did they get your banking details?" And she said, "They must have obtained my banking details through Isabella. I was a customer of their skincare range. With wow. the policy documents came an Isabella gift, which I did not even look at. That's my conclusion. I'll request a recording. I've just gone back to her now to say, um, did you ever get that recording?" Um, and we'll, I'm definitely going to follow this up. So okay, thanks, thanks very much. Okay, to be continued then. Uh, Abram, thank you so much for holding on the line from Hello. Retreat. Good afternoon. What's your question for Wendy? Hi, Papa. Hi, Wendy. Hi, Abram. Um, Wendy, tell me, uh, this is, I've been wondering about this for a while. It happened to me five times. What? Telcom, yes. Telcom charges you 202 rand 70 cents for penalty if you don't have enough fund for them to debit Happened to me five times with no, it was not my fault. Things happen. And, and then, then I, the first time you, you helped me. Uh, you helped me too with that. And then afterwards I learned, uh, that I must go through ICASA. And ICASA has been wonderful, you know. So five times they had to refund me with my 202 rand 70 cents. I just want to know, is it legal for them to do what they are doing? Well, if ACASA got the amount of if refunded to you, I would say probably not. It's it's irregular. And and what do they call that fee? And do they give you any indication of how it was arrived they, at? They, they call it penalties. They call it penalties. And 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 even if you go into into the telecom uh, uh, um, stores to to query, they can't help you. You have to log a a case on the on the number, um, and then somebody would uh, then deal. Deal with it, but most times they come back to you uh, and tell you it's un- it was unsuccessful. Okay, oh. then I I got fed up with this whole thing because that that's the reason why I started. I, I contacted you and then you got my two hundred two and seventy back for me. But the, but that time I learned. By that time I learned that Ikasa is the people to go to, and Ikasa has five times, four times besides your one, wow. f- four times Ikasa has ruled in my favour. Wow. Now I just, that's why I just wanted to know from you. 
is it legal well, for them it can't to be it can't be it, it, it can't be supported by by regulation i would love abraham if you could forward me your correspondence with ecasa on on one or more of those cases um because that will give me a good basis for um, a report back story on this because yeah. it's obviously happening to others as well and of course your bank charges you fees as well for unmet debit orders so yeah. Okay. Abram, uh, if you'd like to send Wendy the details, uh, Wendy at nola.co.za, K-N-O-W-L-E-R. We'd very much like to delve into that one in a little bit more detail. Thank you for flagging it. Wendy, before we take another open line, um, I know you wanted to mention something about Kalula bookings. You've suddenly had a flood of, uh, queries and complaints yes. coming in around, uh, K- Kalula issues that you wanted to so mention. So you'll know that, um, we discussed uh, the fact on, on recent, many shows recently that those holding Kalula or BA domestic uh, credits from flights that they couldn't take um, during lockdown last year, um, they have to use them for flights departing, not just you have to book them by the end of December, November this month. You actually have to take the flight. Yeah. Um, in other words, and we've spoken about this, they want to get all that credit off their books before the, the festive season, the festive season yeah. when they can um, turn a nice profit. But I'm, as you said, I'm currently getting a lot of emails from those with both Kaluda and BA credits. They're both part of um, Comair, which has gone into business rescue, saying that they can't beat the deadline because they simply cannot get through to Comair's call center and there doesn't appear to be any other way to make bookings. Um, so on the 15th of October, and we reflect, reflected this on the show, um, uh, Desmond O'Connor, who's Kalula's uh, chief commercial officer, said this in response to our media query about passengers back- battling to book tickets using their vouchers from cancelled flights. Since the country's moved to level one, passenger demand has exceeded our expectations and volumes are increasing at a precipitous pace, resulting in exceptionally high call volumes via our contact centre. We do encourage customers to book online and those who are able to change their tickets online to do that, but some tickets unfortunately require manual intervention in order to be changed. We do pro- Prioritize customers who are traveling within 72 hours and recommend those who are not traveling within this window to only contact the contact center closer to their departure date. It's not going to work when you know you've only got until the end of the November, month. November, yeah. Our aim yeah. is to deliver an exceptional service, blah, blah. We are um, employing additional resources to the contact center to accommodate higher call volumes. We've also invested in new technology, which will go live in the next two weeks. So that will be about now to improve our contact center response times. So I went back to the Comair spokesman today to say if the emails are getting, I'm getting at the moment are anything to go by, those attempts to keep up with demand are not successful. I asked the people are just not getting through. I have to just do a quick search because I was looking for platinum in a moment to find what they've just come back to me. To say, okay, while you look for it, yes. I'll tell you what Wendy wrote to ask. Has anything been done to increase the capacity yes, of their so that's call the center? Answer. I've got it. Okay, what did they say? Um, Kame's contact center volumes increased by 210% above forecast with the sudden re- relaxation and travel restrictions. We've employed it. Uh, we've got more staff, blah, blah, blah. Um, customers who are still struggling, write this down if you are in this position, can get hold of us via the contact center. Um, email reservations at kalula.com or DM our customer relations team via our Facebook platform. Is there enough capacity? I wanted to know on BA and Kalula flights. Yes, there is. And how are you going to compensate those who couldn't make bookings? Um, because they simply couldn't get through to the contact center. It's a long answer, but basically, 
um, they aren't. They aren't. <laughs> and they cannot okay. extend it beyond the 30th of November because of um, what the plan, that the business rescue plan that was signed. So that's the best we can do. That's the only advance I've got is a new email address. Which is reservations at kalula.com or send them a direct message on Facebook. Wendy, thank you as always for following up on behalf of our listeners and look forward to chatting to you again next week. Indeed. Thanks, Pippa.